Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Gear QA Live Friday, uh, number 74. That's right, every Friday uh, we all hang out and talk about the week. And before we start, I just want to do a quick shout out, especially this week uh, to some patrons because I did my uh, patron hangouts this week. Uh, and so and a lot of times, the first time somebody does a hangout with me on the patron, um, uh, I think they think I'm kidding when they're eight hours long. They are eight hours uh, for the uh, main QA and uh, hangout, and then five hours for the round table, which is the for the uh, the uh, I don't want to say top tier, but the highest tier of the patrons. Anyways, real quick shout out to the uh, to a lot of you: uh, Bradulus, Jeff Howe, Zachary Rowe, Michael Newman, Bruce, and the one one blood we band: Canner Gunson, John Jex, Michael Shy, Justin May, David Madison. Lawrence Petros from LPD Pedals, James Biles, Robert Books, Tim Camacho, Robert Hodges, Steve Pinna, Paul uh, Ostrich, uh, Michael Lidner, Joe Watson, Gregor, Jonathan Pickering, Bob Pickwood, Tim, just Tim. No, no last name needed there. Just Tim. We all know who Tim is. Uh, John Levitt, Space Jazz, Pedal Pal Effects, of course. Uh, Ricky Robinson, Chuck Keen, Chris Glaze, Dylan87, Russ from Taurus Pedals, Brian Stewart, Lee Hawkins, Kermit Jackson, Steve Pinna, Bob Crosley, Aaron Anthony, Daniel Psychic, Andrew Good, uh, Billy Robinson, Anthony Desposito, BB Ninja, Tony, and William Donaldson. Isn't it great that I actually have a cap on how many people can, uh, can do that? Because I'm sure this would be a very long intro if I didn't. There's a cap. That's as many people as can be on that uh, list. But uh, again, I did want to thank everybody for hanging out this week. Uh, that's uh, was some great hangouts, uh, and I you helped me a lot get ready for a lot of cool things. Hopefully, you guys can hear me okay. I have a new mic, um, and I think it's set up correctly. We'll see, and uh, uh, that way I don't have to wear my headphones. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, but we're gonna get some some questions and have some great announcements this week. I want to do a little mix of both. Before I get some questions, uh, these announcements are actually. Uh, uh, fun announcements. First thing I want to point out is that I'm going to be on uh, Cheddar Kung Pao's uh, live show on Sunday, uh, same time, kind of 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, 6 p.m. Eastern time, uh, hanging out. I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> I, I, I think, I don't know if he's going to ask me some crazy questions or if we're just going to talk about guitars or, or uh, so, uh, but um, whatever it is, just, uh, you know, we're going to be doing that. So I thought that'd be a nice announcement. Uh, to make and I have some other ones but we'll get to some questions because uh, there's already uh, a few hundred of us on here and we got some cool stuff to talk about uh, what do we got going on what do we got here let's see uh, Nathaniel says hey he just bought an EVH satin red special uh, but it was set up half step down oh yeah right right with what heavier uh, gauge strings that makes sense because you know bigger strings are, are typically better for uh, down tuned especially even if it's just a half a step I uh, haven't even messed with the Floyd before, but uh, I can't get the D tuna to properly work. Any tips? Yes. You know, um, you know, that's a great question because I actually have a buddy uh, who's a, uh, I want to say, I dare say a D tuna expert. I just don't know if he's actually got a video uh, on that. Uh, his name is Dave Nesdell. If you guys are familiar with the Johnny Bean uh, channel, uh, I've been on there a few times. They're definitely the EVH guys. Uh, Nathaniel, I'm going to put a link to those guys. Uh, I can answer the question for you, but I would rather send you to someone who loves and is in, totally immersed in everything that is EVH and that guitar. And uh, and they might have a video. If not, uh, uh, we'll figure it out together and I'll do a video. Uh, but those guys are definitely the guys to ask about anything D-Tuna. They are the masters of, of EVH. So I uh, hope that helps as well. Um, let's see what else you guys got going on. 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see. What's happening, everybody? Hello, guitar dudes and dudettes. You guys are just talking to each other. Hey, that might actually be a better... This might be a better live show. I'll just <laughs> read what you guys are saying. Let's see. Now, Daniel's got a great uh, comment, and I'd like to talk about it. Daniel says, dude, uh, can I just say that I think you're truly the most, uh, I think he means unbiased reviewer. He said unbiased, but I, I understand the typo. I do it all the time. Unbiased reviewer on YouTube. Keep up the good work, Danny from England. Danny, I appreciate that. It feels good uh, that you said that. And I just want to kind of add to this a theory that I have. I don't, I believe it's just a belief system that everyone is biased, including myself. Everybody's biased. You, you can't help it. You know what I mean? Uh, on something, right? My, my whole thing on my channel is I want to let you guys know what my bias is. I want you to just know, it's not that I, I ever claim to be unbiased. You know, everything I, uh, you know, I try to be open-minded and that leaves you, leads you to be un very unbiased, but I just want you guys to know, you know, what it is and why I think the way I, I am. So in other words, if a company sent me something, obviously there's going to be some bias there. They sent me something. If I bought it, there's going to be some bias there because I purchased it and I might uh, have be apprehensive to tell everybody that's a bad idea because I bought it. Um, and uh, maybe because I really believe it was a really good idea. But again, I see your point. I just want to add to that because I think a lot of YouTube channels out there are great. In fact, the ones I love the most are the ones that are biased, but you know what the bias is. You know, does that make sense? Like, I love it when somebody's like, I know what their agenda is. And knowing that helps me understand what I'm hearing as information. Sometimes I've, I've been horribly let down by some, sometimes by thinking that somebody was giving me opinion based on something else. Like in other words, another, another point of view, and then find out later, that's not what the the thing was so so but yes i still appreciate the comment uh oh uh, luke says hey phil what's up first time catching you live thank you luke i appreciate that what do you think of diamond amps uh my whole rig is diamond uh guitar amp and guitar camp uh cab well uh diamond amps are obviously jeff diamant uh has diamond amps uh i'm not a big fan of their small one uh it was okay. A lot of the bigger ones, I haven't really played a lot of their amps, but I the one I the one or two I have played have been great. There's actually one on a smoking deal in my local guitar center. I think they're asking like six ninety nine for it, down from a thousand used. Um, but good quality stuff. There has never been, I don't think, a question about the quality of the diamond amps. So I think if you're into diamond amps, uh, they're just a great quality, you know, made in the USA amp, high gain, good stuff. Okay, let's take a look. What else do we got going on? <laughs> uh, Sergeant Power Wiener says, loving the room. Can't wait for the restring event. Okay, that's a good segue to talk about that. If you guys haven't seen, uh, I'm doing a restring event. I'd like to announce that. It's going to be Saturday the 28th. That's not tomorrow, but the following Saturday in Glendale, Arizona at the Sam Ash. It is from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, that is correct. That is 10 hours. I will be there restringing guitars. Um, if you guys saw the video this week uh, where it says my restring tackle box, in that video, there's a lot of discussion about this event. It is free. It is sponsored uh, by Daddario. In other words, that they're paying for the strings. So the strings are provided. I have asked them to give everyone NYXLs for electric and uh, nickel bronze for acoustic. You can buy whatever strings, use whatever you want, but you'll get a free pack regardless. Uh, and those are some expensive, nice strings. All the service is free. 
I'll just be there hanging out with you guys. It's just there. I just want to hang out with you guys. I get to hang out with you every week doing this, reading comments. This will be a way for me to to hang out and maybe help uh, some of you with your guitars. And maybe some of you just want to say hi and get your free restring and some insight on your guitars. Um, so there you go. You don't have to do anything to show up uh, and be, uh, be you know, be happy. <laughs> right? Hopefully everybody will be in a good mood. Um, the uh, Paul's got a question. It says, hey, Phil, is the PRSMT15 made in the U.S.? No, it's made in China. So can you see behind me? I'm sorry. I'm not looking at myself every time. There's this. There's one right there. Yeah, it's made in China. Uh, that's why it's 650 made in the U S we already know, like, look at the, um, I think a good example would be the, uh, uh, Mesa boogie, uh, mini rack is made in the USA. It's a thousand bucks. So I would think PRS would have to be comparable. So a thousand bucks made in the USA, 650 made in China. Um, I can tell you this, I think it's going to be, it's going to do well. Let's just say that. I really believe it's going to do well as an amp. Um, the reason is, is I've, it seems like everybody I've shown it to uh, has told me flat out they want to buy one. And in fact, half of the people or if not more of my friends that I've showed it to, I've already bought one. Um, it's, it's an impressive amp for the price point. So I'm working on a review. Uh, part of the whole back is of the review is the fact that they are backlogged. So it's a little, it's a little tough for me to really kind of, Hey, everybody check this amp out. You can't get one right now. Cause so I'm trying to get a handle of all the stuff, uh, but maybe that shouldn't matter. Maybe I should just do it. Let's check real quick. And Buzz Wilson says, thoughts on caramelized and roasted necks. Are they hype? I don't know if they're hype. You know, I hear people tell me it's, uh, it's funny. It's like, I love how polarized everything gets. <laughs> to me, it's like I picked up roasted maple necks and I like them. Uh, they feel good. They sound good. Uh, I've heard, you know, negative things. I've heard that they can crack. I've heard all kinds of silly things, uh, you know, I don't know. It's probably true. I know they're not fun to work with when they're first working with, but um, I think it's a good idea. I think there's a reason why Sir and Music Man are working with the idea. I think there's a, a lot of benefits to it. I definitely see the benefit in less expensive guitars because you can take pieces of wood and thoroughly make sure they're dry, and that's going to be a big deal. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's hype. I think they're good. Um, do I think they should charge a lot of money for them? No, I, I don't think that's – I hope that's not where they go. That's where I think hype gets into it. I would really hate to see in the future that car uh, caramelized, <laughs> as you put it, or roasted maple necks become this thing that there's a huge add-on in price and it becomes more expensive to do it that way. So um, it definitely seems to be winning the, the the race because I see more and more roasted maple necks from the companies that make them. So it makes you wonder, like the companies like Sir and, and Music Man that are making roasted maple necks, are they getting so many more orders? Or are they just pushing that agenda? I don't know, but I definitely see where they're both making more and more roasted maple necks each, each month, each year. So next one is Phil, any help on smoothing out a rosewood fretboard that has raised grains? Oh yeah. Humidity, uh, humidify oil. No, neither. Uh, the guitar came from nor the up North and I live in the South. Thank you. Um, you know what, Alex, uh, Interesting enough, if you heard me mention a couple weeks ago, I bought a new Strat and I was not, I loved it, which is that uh, Burgundy Mist Strat. It's out of shot right now, I think. Yeah, it's over out of this frame. Um, that's what's wrong with my guitar. 
is that and i'm gonna think i was gonna correct it i'm gonna correct it didn't think about actually doing a video about that maybe i'll do a video for that and and show you that would probably be a good idea i i haven't done it because i haven't had time i really want to do it uh today or tomorrow maybe tonight if i get time or if not tomorrow so i'll, I'll put a gopro on that and give you some insight of how i'm going to do that so thank you alex i thank you for that question uh, because that's something i just think i wouldn't have thought that anybody else had the problem. I thought it was pretty unique, but yes, I'm having the same problem. It, it's really does not feel right. So I've, I've corrected it many times in the past and I have a little trick for it that I like. So I'll share it with you. Uh, analog, analog Mesa man, analog Mesa man said interested in PRS McCarty or 24. Uh, nowhere can I play one bit nervous because uh, I hate a skinny neck. Thoughts. I play a uh, tool of Deftones. Here's the easy part, man. It, analog man, Mesa man. If you don't like skinny neck, stay away from the custom 24 unless it's a pattern regular. The McCarty is going to be the thing for you. That's going to give you that chunky neck. There's some benefits to chunky necks. I was just showing. Uh, so Lawrence Petros uh, uh, took me to lunch today, man. We had lunch and uh, thank you again, Lawrence. I think he's out there talking. He, he bought me lunch today and, um, Funny story was we were talking about two things. One, I want to share with you because I'm excited about it. I don't know if I'm supposed to share it or if it's the right time to share it, but he took the 87 pedal and he's made uh, some revisions to it. Uh, nothing in the quality, just some in the process, how he makes it. He brought the price down to 199. I'll put a link when I do the index. So that pedal was 250. As you guys know, I love the 87, but maybe some of you guys don't know this, but one of my apprehensions was that it was slightly priced higher than some of its competitors. But I thought, you know, it's handmade. It's, it's Lawrence, you know, it's great, but man, at 199, it's great. Um, I really apologize to Lawrence right now if I uh, link you guys to his reverb and to get that pedal and find out that he wasn't ready for that. But uh, if he is, hey, check it out. It's $199. But why does that tie into what I was just saying uh, about <laughs> uh, with the comment was, um, you know, I just got sidetracked, Analog Man. We were talking, oh yeah, McCarty, uh, Thick Necks. It has been raining uh, where I'm at. It's really humid right now. Uh, and, and in fact, you can't tell. That's why I'm wearing a hat because my hair is all frizzy uh, from the humidity. I'm just kidding, bad jokes. Anyways, um, and all my necks are, all my guitars are sharp. And in fact, he was saying the same thing. All his guitars are sharp right now. And of course, all the necks have pitched back and uh, all the strings are laying on the fretboards and are unplayable, except for, of course, my uh, my um, uh, 594. And it was because the neck is thick. And I've noticed this a lot when necks move on all your guitars uh, from big humidity changes where, like I said, Arizona where it's super dry and to have a week or so of you know humidity like this really messes with everything. Uh, it's funny how the thicker necks really don't get it. It, 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 they don't have the issue like the thinner necks. Um, so something to think about. So uh, just as a, I just thought it'd be a good point to mention the pro of a, uh, the pro uh, uh, versus the con of a thicker neck where it's a little harder to play because it's a little thicker to some people. Uh, this is a little, there's some stability there that you get. So, so, um, Oh, Drew Smith. Uh, good question. When are the lefty t-shirts coming out? Um, I will ask my wife. I asked her about this. I actually, I said, isn't it just as simple? Just flip the images. And she explained that's not the case. Um, not with, I don't know, maybe it is that are, I don't, I don't know, but soon very, 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 very soon. I just want to make lefty versions, of all the shirts and have that as available. I just think it's cool. I like the idea that everybody has like their own version of their shirt. Um, and, in fact, the only thing I could say is we won't have lefty versions 
this is a question everybody had about the stickers. We have the stickers now, um, and I'll put a link. You guys have been awesome, by the way. Uh, definitely keeping us busy mailing out stickers because we mail these out ourselves. And I thank you so much for all the comments on Reverb about the picks because we've been throwing in some picks and doing some fun stuff. And guys, thank you so much. But the stickers, um, we'll have different versions of stickers, but it won't be like lefties or different guitars. Just be this will be the logo, and then there won't be there'll be a different logo and different stuff. But um, just because the stickers aren't really, I mean, you know, you can imagine there's not a whole lot of profit in stickers. This is really just about sharing. I'll have some stickers to give away at the event too. But, uh, you know, when you make like, I don't know, whatever, a buck uh, uh, for a bunch of stickers, it's not like, you know, you're going to make a windfall. But it's, uh, but uh, so it's harder to do more dramatic stuff like it is with the t-shirts and stuff. But we'll do lefty shirts, I promise. Um and then here's a great one from Alizar says, does it bug you that Sir looks just like Fenders? No, that doesn't bug me. Uh, the, the reason is, is that's, I don't think that stuff comes into play. By that logic, does it bug me that PRS guitars sometimes look like Gibsons or that, uh, you know, that uh, Ivan's guitars look like Jackson's or Fenders or Jackson's look like, you know, let's be honest. It, there's just only so many versions of guitars can there be. Um, no, that doesn't, it doesn't equate to me. It, like, in other words, it doesn't trigger anything in me to go, oh, I hate that. <laughs> so, um, I, it's a good question to ask you guys out there. Does it bug you? Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't find it, uh, you know, odd. In fact, um, I, I think it actually kind of funny how it all works. Here's a, here's a thing for me. Uh, some of the sirs, I always thought looked like, some of the sirs look like Fenders, Tellys, and Strats, and some of them look like Ibanez's. And then, but with their own kind of flair. And then the new AZ Ibanez's look more like t Sirs. So it's kind of funny. It seems like it works that way, right? One company copies another one, and eventually that company copies that company. And and if it's not that way, it's definitely perceived that way. So uh, nice guy, Eddie says, Phil, have you ever played a Parker bass uh, guitar? Ah, yes, I have. My thoughts? Uh, it was very expensive. Uh, obviously, they don't make them anymore. But the ones I picked up, there was one I fell in love with at the NAMM show. Loved it. But I think the dealer cost on it was like $4,500. And I was just like, oh, I can't do it. But really cool. They're, they're, they're weirder looking because I got those longer extended horns. And there's a lot of import versions. So something to be aware of on the Parker bases. Sometimes you find them on uh, on eBay and uh, maybe Reverb in the um, $700, $800 range. And uh, sometimes $1,000 range. You understand those are, those are import bases. Those aren't uh, like made in America at that price. So I think sometimes people think like, oh, it's a good deal. A thousand bucks made in the USA. But uh, no, if they're in that lower price range, they're probably import. The uh, the American ones are crazy. So. Um, and then Alan's saying, hey, my Sir Classic Pro TS doesn't look like uh, any Fender I've ever looked at. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that was the point. Alan, I think the point wasn't that all the all sirs look like fenders. I think he was kind of pointing out that some sirs kind of look like fenders. That that's just typical. A lot of stuff look like fenders. You know, think with this. Here's my question: Does it bug you guys that every acoustic looks like a Martin? <laughs> Not every, but you know what I mean. The majority. It doesn't. You know, after some point, you have to kind of like look at it differently a little bit. At least in my mind. Okay. Um, Caesar says, Caesar Preto says, ugliest headstocks got to be those McMall guitars. Um, that's a tough one for ugliest headstock. I don't know if they could win ugliest headstock. Uh, they're definitely um, boring because it looks like a fender and they just sawed off a piece. But, you know, but somebody could like that. 
you know, I didn't like fender headstocks forever. I thought they were kind of ugly. Uh, and I mean, forever, forever and ever. I didn't like them. And then they just grew on me. Um, there's a, uh, that that's typical. So, you know, so people, uh, that don't like things, the more you see it, the more you kind of like after a while, it just becomes this thing you like. Uh, Brian Stewart just said, Hey, beer money, try, uh, Mc McGowan's scotch ale. Oh, well, I had to say that out loud so I can check it. So, uh, Matthew King says, just bought an Ibanez AZ, ah, 224F off of reverb, took it, uh, in for a setup and they told me the neck was twisted. Okay. Should I try, uh, should I try for a refund, file a warranty claim with Ibanez or try to have it repaired? Okay. So if you just bought it and it's not used, okay. So if it's used, uh, and you just bought it, maybe send it back, start there. If it's new, definitely don't get it repaired, get it replaced. Um, the other thing is, is this, uh, you know how, when you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you, uh, something's wrong and you go and get a second opinion. Sometimes it's a good idea to get a second opinion on your guitar. So, um, twisted necks in my experience, majority, I couldn't tell you, man, I mean, I'm going to guess seven out of 10 people that told me a neck is twisted when they came in was not twisted. So there's just something about that. It's a twisted necks are not extremely obvious all the time. Sometimes there, there's other things in play going on. So uh, my point is, is that uh, um, if somebody tells you a neck's twisted, get a second opinion first. That's that's the first thing. Uh, hopefully you have two shops you can you can bounce to, uh, and and don't tell the second shop that you were told this, the neck is twisted. Uh, just tell them, ask them if they think it is, or, you know what I mean? You know how not to lead somebody down a road. Cause you don't want them to, uh, go, Oh yeah, yeah. It's definitely twisted. <laughs> right. Um, so there you go. And the reason I say that too, is one thing that we, you, you got to understand, and, and this is my personal experience as a customer, I've taken guitars to shops over, you know, cause I've been playing guitar now for a long time. I've taken guitars to shops and not realized until later that the person I took it to was like, we were talking about earlier. It was biased. Maybe the, maybe the technician doesn't like Ibanez's. Maybe they're junk. So I've had that happen. Um, maybe the store was insulted that you bought it somewhere else. I'm not accusing anybody of those things. Just, just factor that stuff in. Then once you've confirmed that it is twisted, send it back. But here's the thing. Don't have it fixed. I really don't think anyone that buys anything new should have to have it fixed. So I think if you buy new, then you get new. That's how that works. Um, if they want to give you, if they want to fix it, but give you a discount and, and, and adjust it correctly for that, and you're willing to do that, make, take that in consideration. I've done that me personally, like, you know, get something that has a blemish and, uh, you know, um, and they're like, well, we'll give you some money off. And I'm like, oh, I'm fine with that. But if you want it to be new, you paid for new, get new. You deserve the service. It's your hard-earned work, uh, your hard-earned money. And sometimes it's nice to hear a friend say that. So as your friend, I'm telling you, you, sh you deserve to get the best guitar possible because you paid the, the right price. You know what I mean? You paid the price, get the right product. So, but also get a second opinion because here's why that will help you later <laughs> finding out if that shop knew what they were talking about or not. Even if they're a trusted shop. Everybody makes a mistake too. It happens. So, you know what I mean? There's, it's, it's just how it works. Okay. Um, what else do we got? Let's do, I got some super chats, but I'm going to try to jump around and find some cool questions and then hit the super chats in between. Um, so here's one. I uh, don't know what it is, but we'll go jump into it. So say, hey, Phil, do you know any Fender CS strats that have a satin 
ish finish instead of the uh, the uh, sturdy. So custom shop strats that have the sturdy nitro or polyurethane lacquer. Thanks in advance. Um, you know, the, the custom shop strats have, in my opinion, the Fender custom shop strats have been really turning into this really just you buy beat up strats, relic strats. Um, you know, that's not the, uh, that's kind of a, a big brush stroke that I don't like to, you know, make on anything, but it is kind of what I'm doing. But the majority of the custom shop strats, to me, custom shop Fender isn't custom shop. It's just uh, high end. Does that make sense? Like I think custom shop, I mean, I get whatever I want. So to me, you can call Fender and go, hey, this is what I want. So um, so as as your question that have satin, satinish finish instead of the, 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 the nitro or the polyurethane lacquer, um, you know, you should be able to get what you want. But in my experience, most of the strats that come out of the custom shop are uh, now, especially you get more and more of their lacquer and they're kind of relic. So in my experience, okay. Yeah. Jason bone just as it ties in says uh, nitro is not sturdy. Well, there's a reason why I mean, Jason nitro was what they were using. That's lacquer for everybody else. They were using lacquer on the original Gibsons and fenders. And then we went to polyurethane because it, uh, a lot of reasons. One, there's some EPA regulations that had to be, you know, out there and there's some safety concerns. So, you know, uh, for people and their health when they were, they were working in the facilities that make this stuff. And then also it wears and it, it fades and it yellows. And now we look back and we think that looks cool how it's yellow and faded and stuff. But a lot of times back in the day, people didn't think it was cool. They bought this new thing and a couple of years later, it looked worn out and they wanted it to look newer. So polyurethanes kind of came into play. Um, so, uh, yeah, nitro is not sturdy. In fact, that's why a lot of companies have gone back to nitro as a custom shop or as a high end, uh, thing to, to kind of capture the original way things were. So I've said this for years. I really think Fender and whole, just to pick on them, Fender, um, charges the more, the more they make a guitar like they originally did, the more it tends to cost. And my logic on that is think about just, just think about made in Mexico. Now you have a player series strat and that's $600. But if you get the, uh, the fifties or sixties reissues, those, those cost more. And then if you get those nitro cellular uh, nitro lacquer, uh, made in Mexico, those even cost more. And then if you go to, uh, American strats, you know, like a professional, those are more than those cause they're made in America. But then if you go back to the fifties, sixties, again, the price goes up. But then if you go to custom shop, not only cause it's custom shop, but it's made more like they originally were. It's like I said, it seems to be, if you're going to look for a, a continuity there fender seems to get more expensive the more you get and that fender maybe gibson too but anyways the more you get towards the original the more that it is like it is what originally made and looks the more it tends to cost so somebody asked me about the line six power cab and the thoughts i have not tried it at all uh i have just recently read an email this morning from one of you uh one of you the viewers uh who reached out to line six about uh letting me borrow a helix i have that information i have just i gotta reach out to them now so hopefully we'll get a helix to review and check out um but uh i don't know about the power cab i don't know what to say yet so i'd really like to do some of those reviews. I'm really curious about the product. I'm really curious what I think, uh, how I feel about it. So, so, um, uh, hopefully we can have, we can make some cool videos and learn some stuff. All right. Uh, Steerflex says, Hey, love the channel. Keep it up. Hello from New York. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Chuck, uh, Chuck M music says Marshall DSL 20 HR. So the head, 
right? So the 20 watt head or Hughes & Kittner 2 Meister or Jet City for mid gain tones for the studio. Man, that's those are tough because those are ironically those aren't three different amps. Those are three totally different amps. The Jet City uh, and Jet City, depending on the Jet City you're talking about, there's there's one that is based off of the more of the uh, the the SLO kind of channel, and then there's one built off of like the uh, what's the uh, reverb the reverb amp they have uh, channel. Uh, so it's tough. So, but for mid for mid gain tones in the studio, hmm. I'm gonna do this. I'm just gonna keep it easy because those kind of questions are always tough. I I don't, I, I can't guess. Uh, so I'll just tell you if I was presented with those three options, what would I pick? Uh, you said Hughes and Kinder two Meister. I like the Grandmeister forty that I have. The two Meister was good, but I like the Grandmaster more. But of those three, I would probably pick the Marshall DSL twenty HR uh, head with reverb. That's probably where I'd go, but the Jet City would be the second, and then the Two Meister with third. And it's funny because I really like my Hughes and Kittner, and I like the Hughes and Kittner guys. So it's it's always funny how it works out. You know, you always kind of feel bad. Of those three companies, I have the, I have the best relationship with Hughes and Kittner, but uh, just in you know to be, to be honest, that's the rate which I would pick them. Um, Brim Brimble Guitar says I have a Martin acoustic that looks like someone splashed juice inside. Uh, can see in the sound hole recommendations to clean. Oh, that's tough because all of the wood inside your acoustic. Now that's another problem too. I need to know what Martin you have. You might have an, uh, cause Martin makes uh, acoustics that are made of Formica. So it's not wood. That's easy. You can probably use anything just a damp cloth and clean all that up. But if it's wood inside there, you cannot use anything, uh, water, anything like that. Um, what I would suggest if you're going to try, and again, this is tough because I'm giving advice without seeing the guitar and, uh, and no visual aids. But uh, what I would recommend is a, a very light, light amount of uh, some kind of recommended polish or uh, oil by Martin on a cloth to maybe kind of kind of loosen up that the the the, the what you think is juice uh whatever it is it could be anything spilled in there and clean it up but there you go uh and then i would also also defer to maybe calling martin because sometimes what you don't realize is when you call martin it's not their first time hearing this problem you know what i mean customer service departments are sometimes really set up to answer a question that especially that's happened many times over i can't imagine it's the first time somebody's tried to clean the inside of acoustic i i've never really had the problem the only thing i've ever had with the cleaning the inside of acoustic is sometimes the labels get dirty or have problems and i've cleaned those up and those are tricky because sometimes they're paper and sometimes they're foil foils easy but paper gets a little tricky because you're going to ruin it um but what i've learned is a uh, little bit of elbow grease and very little to no uh, moisture content in the rag. You know what I mean? Cause it's gonna, it's gonna cause as many problems as, as it fixes. Uh, Sean Brown says opinion on the Ibanez tube screamer amplifier. Well, you know, I can tell you this, if I could own, you know, if you theoretically just own all the amplifiers that you like, that would be one in my collection. Uh, I really liked it. It's just kind of at some point you realize like, um, you know, you can't have every amplifier. It's like, I have to let something go to get something. There's a, there's a, not only is it the financial issues, but then there's space, you know, so it's an amp. I, I appreciate a lot. I like it a lot. Um, and sorry, I just need something to swallow. Um, the uh, other thing is, uh, some of the amps like my Mark five mini and stuff that are more expensive. I already have those amps. 
the tube screamer i think it was what's nice about that amp is i really feel like it really holds its own with a lot of amps that are a lot more expensive so that's what's really impressive about it it's definitely an amp i could recommend to, to somebody saying hey for the price it sits in you're definitely getting what i feel is more more amp than what you're paying for so um oh here's a good one uh tweet cadillac just did a super chat i just want to say thank you for that because that was pretty cool of you um but uh i'm not doing these in order i'm just trying to find cool questions and i'm going to go back to the main questions in a second i just want to do mark's question mark says can i plug a blues jr into a marshall 212 uh cab yes you can absolutely um what you have to do is you have to figure out the ohms on the blues jr there's two outputs so you can actually keep the internal speaker and then run a separate output you need to look in the manual to see what the ohms are my concern would be the internal speaker off guessing would probably be eight ohms and the 212 cabinet that uh, marshall puts out if it's a 1936 is probably uh eight ohms uh a mono so i don't know if the amp can go to four ohms uh so you'd have to look internally in the manual but i so you could run all, all three or all three speakers, the bottom cabinet top. But uh, here's the good news: uh, if you unplug that internal speaker of the Blues Junior, you can run a cable from the. There's a plug right inside the amp. You'll find it. Just make sure the amp is off. Plug the cable, the speaker cable, to your 212 cabinet, and make sure your 212 cabinet is either at 16 or 8 ohms. And either way would be safe uh, for the Blues Junior to continue going. 4 ohms, you definitely want to consult the manual. I just can't remember if the Blues Junior could do 4 ohms. Um, Fender, like, it's it's tough. You know, sometimes the Fender amps get a little tricky. Like, the Basin 59 does 2 ohms, some crazy thing like that. It's not even 4 ohms, it's like 2. So, um but off of memory with my Blues Junior, running into an 8-ohm 212 Marshall, no problem. If you have the lower price 212 Marshall, it'll probably be a 16-ohm cabinet. Again, you're safe. So, and it will sound, so the result will be, it's going to sound better. The Blues Junior is the amp. I can't figure out why they never made a head. That's the amp they should make a head. I always thought the Blues Junior uh, sounds better through, through a bigger cabinet. Um, there's even, if you go to Mojo Tone and other companies on eBay, but Mojo Tone does great stuff. You can buy an oversized Blues Junior 112 combo cab and load the chassis into that or get the 212 cabinet or 210. But for a lot cheaper, you just plug it into a 212 cabinet. For those of you guys that are Blues Junior fans. Uh, okay. Where are we at? There's a lot of us all of a sudden. We just all started getting here. <laughs> okay. Uh, Let's hit some questions. I'm just looking for some interesting ones. Something, what do you guys got going on? Uh, I haven't used somebody. Uh, Andrew wants to know if I ever use Dragonfire pickups. Not that I, I remember. I don't, I don't, they don't sound familiar to me either using them or putting them on anything. You know, what's funny is, so here's another one. Richard uh, says, hey, Brewbreaker says, any thoughts on the J&D Brothers guitars? You know, what's funny is, man, this is kind of like, uh, it always it always it always shocks me how many companies there are because like so many products I, like my nose is always into some kind of catalog magazine online research and i'm looking at gear like all day and even then you guys pull out stuff and i'm like how did i miss that <laughs> so so that's a that's a great it's great that you, you know what i mean it's kind of makes it fun that you just there's no end to this madness all right. Uh, what else do we got? Okay. Uh,
Hold on a second. I'm just reading, guys. I'm sorry to pause, but. So D says, how do you make a 112 combo into a 212? Uh, it's pretty simple. Uh, it, it can. It's not a, not a problem at all. You just you just buy the cabinet. So you know, a lot of companies offer that as a as an aftermarket. They sell the a 212 cabinet that allows you to rack in or uh, put in the chassis of the other amp. Uh, you can just Google it. I'll put a link after I index this. Just go ahead and go to Mojo Tone. Mojo Tone's like a good place to start to seeing stuff like that. They make quality stuff, amazing stuff. And you can do all kinds of fun stuff. You can turn amps into other kind of amps. So it's not uncommon. So I think stuff like that's cool because I'm obviously a big proponent for under because at home, I love a small wattage amplifier through a bigger cabinet. To me, I, I, that's what I'm looking for. It fills up a lot of sound and it doesn't and I can crank the amp a little harder. Everything just kind of works for me in that situation. So, OK, uh, Ink, Inkafish23 says, was that Guitar Center and I really and really impressed with the Squire Infinity Strat neck. Thoughts on the quality of the neck and the bodies of Squire Strats. So Squire Strats for me, it's like cheap guitars, uh, cheap guitars, low price guitars, inexpensive guitars, whatever you want to call these guitars. I don't mean to insult anybody's guitars. But to me, price point friendly guitars like Squire guitars, um, I look at it, does you know? I I hear it all the time. Somebody will say, "Hey, this this brand, let's let's do Harley Benton. Harley Benton is is I can't believe Harley Benton's better than a Squire." Um, you know what it is for inexpensive guitars for me? Any guitar can be a good guitar on accident. Even if even if they make crap, even if a company makes crappy guitars, you you make a thousand guitars, you'll get lucky once. This is the luck of it. So to me, what's great about Squire is it's not Squire. It is because. Because obviously Fender doesn't make Squire. Squire is contracted out to a third party that makes the guitars for Fender. And then Fender uses their quality assurance, their standards in the industry uh, and, and their, their, their size of their company to impose might on those uh, third party companies to build the best guitars. So what should happen is, here's my guess. If I was to take three brands, uh, let's say two smaller off-brand companies that make Strat style guitars and Squire and put all three in a row and put 20 guitars deep each one, I would expect that out of the 20, let's say, uh, you know, in the, in, for the analogy, 18 of the Squires were good. And of the next brand that was a little less money than the Squires, 16 of the 20 was good. And the last one, maybe 12 of the 20 were good. So the reason I'm kind of taking this way of, of talking to you this way, Incofish23, is because uh, when somebody says, oh, yeah, I picked up a Squire and it was really good. You know what? Yes, I have a Squire. I have a, a, a bullet, Squire bullet. It's been in videos before. It's in my other room. That guitar is amazing. And I didn't just make it amazing. I didn't set it up. I mean, I did. But I mean, it's just one day I picked up a guitar and it was just fantastic. Um, so, yeah, you can buy Squires. Uh, I have picked up squires that are that can blow away, you know, guitars that are three grand. And then people go, ah, you know, but that's not a that's not something I could say. If you go buy a squire, it's better than a three thousand dollar guitar. It's I'm saying that it's it's possible because they can put everything together right. And so yeah, I think the Affinity Strats are great guitars. I like the feel of the neck. And then every once in a while, just you know, the right piece of wood, the right day, the right uh, employee. You know what I mean? Just everything aligns, and the guitar is even even better than normal. So that happens. Uh, yeah. And I've seen it and I own a couple. So, so, you know, the majority of my collection are guitars that I've just found over time that it just speak to me because they're, you know, uh, they're great. Um, in fact, I have a mini, it's just cause it's right here. God, I don't know how to point that. I'm going to point right there. 
There it is. Ta-da. There's a mini Jackson right there. Uh, I've did a video of it. I have it. And there's a lot of great mini Jacksons out there and so many cool colors. And uh, this one just plays amazing. You know what I mean? It's just something about it. The cut of the neck is different too. It's a little, I don't know. It's a little flatter. It just feels good. And um, I could I could pick up 20 mini Jacksons right now and they will all be pretty good. I'm, I'd be impressed with them all, but that one just shined a little better than the rest. So that happens. Uh, sometimes in a world of uh, that's trying to be consistent, inconsistencies still happen. And, but inconsistencies can be blessings or curses, right? Sometimes it can be the worst thing you ever picked up and sometimes it can be the best. So... Uh, Daryl McMillan says, just bought a Jackson Minion for my nephew. I set it up like uh, your video, and it's great to play. Yeah, they, they they kill, man. Those little Minion Jacksons. If there's a guitar that you're – if you're looking for a mini guitar, I don't know how you're going to beat the, the Minion Jacksons. Um, I love the Micros by Ibanez and the Fender Squire. Little minis are cool. And, of course, there's tons of little mini guitars out there. There's Epiphones. But to me um, – just nothing beats those little Jacksons. I don't know why Jackson's got that so dialed in. A lot of it probably has to do with the fact that the guy who's running Jackson, which is John Romanowski, was uh, I think a VP at Ibanez, or he was he was integral in the part Ibanez. He's in my I have the history of Ibanez's book, and he's in that. So he rated enough to be in their book. And um, I don't think it's a coincidence <laughs> that when he uh, when he left Ibanez and started to work for Jackson, two things immediately happened. All of a sudden, Jackson really got heavy into the seven string and eight string movements that Ibanez was definitely uh, dominating with them in LTD and Schecter. And I also don't think it's a coincidence that all of a sudden Jackson had a line of competitive mini guitar products uh, out there. Um, and I think uh, if I was going to give a guess, he probably used the might of Fender's force. In other words, the, the Fender's such a, a large company to make really good product. He probably went to the factories that, you know, that make these mini guitars and said, hey, if you want to make these Jacksons, you know, if you want to get the Fender biz, you're, you're going to make the product the way we want. But whatever he did, he did it right because those mini Jacksons are, they're not only great for kids. Like, like I said, you bought one for your nephew. They're great for, I use mine for travel. Um, so Fantastic. I upgraded my keys. I have locking keys on there. Go to locking keys. Um, everything else is stock. I left everything alone. Um, I, I actually swapped out the pickups. You'd have to go through all my videos, which I don't uh, I don't recommend you do. But in some video, you'll see I have it and I have DiMaggio's in it. I yanked them out and put the stock pickups back. I like the stock pickups better than the DiMaggio's because they were bassier and fuller sounding, the stock pickups. And the guitar, because it's kind of a small guitar, just gave it a fuller sound. So I want to put some aftermarket pickups in it for the fun of it, but the, the stock pickups are great. So sometimes that's even better is when you when you find that, you know, guitar that's, you know, $150 new street price and there's really nothing to do to it and the locking keys you know my that's my opinion i just like locking keys for the speed of how fast i can restring um i didn't need them because i thought the, the current keys were bad uh oh uh gunky zip uh says any chance of a Rhodes v know your gear t-shirt yeah I, I i can tell you this gunky uh zip uh there'll be a know your gear t-shirt in every guitar um something that's happened that happens uh that's nice is not only do we make the monthly ones and stuff, but so, you know, uh, the patrons, uh, ha uh the patron, the, I don't, like I said, we have to figure out what to call the, we, I think we call it the friends, right? What do we call it? 
the crew. Oh yeah, yeah, the crew. So there's patron levels, and I have these things called the crew. They support this live show, and there's only so many slots, and they pay a pretty, pretty good penny to 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 help this channel out. And one of the benefits they get is custom T-shirts. But what's nice is from those custom T-shirts, my wife making the custom T-shirts, we're building a catalog of all the different guitars and stuff to think of. So so then they eventually become made to the public. Those those styles of guitars. That's how we got the Music Man's and all those other styles. Um, so yeah, that'll happen. Um, oh, Craig. Awesome. Craig said, try the Davapix, uh, uh, and, uh, they're amazing. Thanks. I, I reached out to, uh, Davapix. If anyone wants to reach out to, to them for me, uh, and, and, and said, Hey, look, I, I was, I want to hand out picks at these restring events and I use Davas. I would really like to hand out some Davas, uh, to everyone to kind of, you know, promote the Dava brand, but I haven't heard back from. So, uh, if anyone ever, uh, you know, if you guys are interested in Davas and you buy Davas and you want to reach out to them, I'm not asking for sponsorship from Davas. So, you know, I'm not asking for money or free picks for me. I'm just want to help promote the Dava by giving picks away. So if you bought Dava picks, maybe if you email them and say, Hey, I liked them and I bought them because of me, that might help me do that because the picks for me, picks, um, aren't, aren't, like I said, it's not a promotional thing. Like I want to get uh, any kind of sponsorship. That's silly. What I, I just want to do is like you, you try these picks because I mentioned them. I want to be able to say, I want to mention them and hand them out and give them to people. Maybe put them in with my sticker packs. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Help promote the brand, but also give some away. It's a great way to try a pick because um, their picks aren't cheap. It's like three, four bucks for six of them. So, uh, Laguna Palm says, just bought a new P Rails. Uh, just wait, just bought a new to me P Rails. Uh, what do you think of them? P Rails are great. If you guys aren't familiar with P Rails by Seymour Duncan, it's a pickup. Uh, that's a it's a humbucker, but it also has a hold on a second. Let me go back. It's a humbucker that has a uh, a single coil and a P90. So if you and, and so you know it, what I would recommend. I love the P Rails with the uh, switching system. You can get the uh, the uh, the Seymour Duncan's. I have a video. It's one of my first videos I ever did on my channel. Uh, the Seymour Duncan makes a pickup ring that has dip switches on it, and you can actually select on the switches a P90, a single coil, or a humbucker. So you get all the options. It's great. Uh, so that pickup is fun. So if you ever want to install a pickup in your guitar that can be either a P90, a single coil, or a humbucker, that's a fast, easy way to do it. And it's the and, and you need no expertise to install this pickup. So just a little bit of soldering ability. So, and that might be a good way to segue into, cause I have these, all these announcements to mention that uh, I want to just say this cause it's just, it was amazing thing that happened to me because of the sharp max videos, because of the videos I do uh, that I've been such a, a, a promoter of Stu Mac, Stu Mac sent me a ton of stuff to give away to you guys. Uh, I mean, legit stuff like, expensive, nice tools. They just said, Hey, would you like to give your audience a bunch of stuff? Uh, and they sent it to me. So we're going to be doing giveaways. I'm going to be inter uh, in, in, you know, involving them with the sharper maxes and do stuff. I just want to shout out to them. That was just really crazy. Cool of them, uh, out of nowhere to do that. Um, I mean, this, you'll see when you see what I start giving away, this is going to be tools that a lot of you guys probably are going to be like, wow, I, I, I wanted it, but I couldn't afford it uh, or I couldn't justify the price for it. Um, great stuff. In fact, um, I was showing Lawrence today and I think even he was shaking his head at how much they sent me and what it was. It was, it was an impressive uh, haul of stuff to give away. Um, so I'll have to figure that out. I'll, I'll be working on that. Um, that's one thing that that's nice about the, uh, the, uh, 
patron crew, they help me with decisions like that. So we'll be talking about that for those crew members watching. You can see them because they have they have little wrenches next to their names now. Shouldn't have said that to you, but maybe you guys will see it, but that's what they do. Okay, so this is kind of cool. I get to make my announcements. Yeah, see, Brian Stewart's like, I love Stumac. I hate their shipping costs. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, uh, you know, I love it when people are, here's the funny part. I love when people are like, Stumac, Phil, they're expensive. Yeah, no kidding. You know, before, I, every time somebody goes on my videos and says, Phil, do you know St Stumac, Phil, they're expensive. I have bought almost every Stumac tool. <laughs> so don't tell me. <laughs> They're expensive. I already know. I I feel your pain. Trust me. Trust me. Uh, so and I and like you guys, I, where I where I can buy products that are not Stumac that are comparable to Stumac and save some money, I make that decision. And sometimes, you know, I I've learned like some of you guys that some of the Stumac products are better than the comparable products. You you have to learn. Not everything's easy. But I will tell you this: uh, when somebody says, uh, it's just a personal experience with me. When somebody says they had a Stumac product and that didn't have a great. Uh, um, experience. Uh, I wanted to share a crazy experience having a couple years ago. I bought a Stumac pro a product and didn't have a great experience. And I just put a review of it on, not on my channel. I'm talking about like literally, um, you know, I put it on their, you know, their thing where you review their product and, uh, man, those guys are fast to take care of you. So, uh, Steve Cook says, what do you think of Wiggins pickups? Wiggins is my friend and his pickups are amazing and I got nothing bad to say about them. I have a set of them in my Squire uh, Bullet in the other room. Fantastic pickups. I highly recommend them. You cannot buy a better pickup for that price by a handmade artisan than Wiggins. There's just no end. And he's the nicest, one of the nicest people I know too. There's just no, no end uh, to it. And he's another person like Lawrence Petros where... Um, uh, and the pedal pal effects guys too. There's a lot of people I can put in this, this thing. Um, I was buying their products and became their friend. You know what I mean? It's not, I'm their friend. So I'm like telling you to buy their stuff. I literally, you know, met them the, the correct way. In other words, I like their stuff and then became their friend. So when I tell you they're good people, it's not, I'm not telling you to buy their products because they're good people. I'm telling you to buy their good products because they're good. And then meeting them happens to be good people. Uh, and funny story, I could say the opposite for some products. I have some products where I still love their products, but I don't like the people. <laughs> so it happens. It happens both ways. Oh, Zim's. So Dane's saying, got a pick card with loaded with Wiggins. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I keep telling myself, Eventually, I want to order a set of Wiggins. I want to get HSH, uh, so Humbucker Single Humbucker from him to install in a guitar I have. Um, and the only reason I haven't reached out is uh, because he does make them by hand. So, you know, you know, it's not like you, you call him and he has them always in stock. Um, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. But also, um, I got to get time to do that <laughs> instead of doing this other stuff. So there you go. Let's go back. I want to button up some questions that are also pending over on the other side too okay uh all right so uh, i don't know how to say it pyrocent pyrocent music uh love the show since 2015 thanks buddy that's basically when it started that right i started putting videos out in 2015 uh could you please uh shout out spell out my brand name man i yeah p y r i c n t Fender Twin is humming like crazy, needs a bias. Thanks, Phil. So, okay. So, but what is the brand name for? It's like your brand name, but what is it? Second attempt. Love the show. Could you please spell out my name? Yeah, I'll spell your name. P-Y-R-I-S-C-N-T. Mostly because I got to Google it and figure out what it is. All right. Maybe it'll be, is it a pro? Do you, we'll have to figure out what you do. 
so Andrew says, do you ever get into the market for brands that are not mainstream or a thousand dollar plus? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, Andrew, I'm all over the place. I, I don't, I don't pick things based on a price. I pick things. Uh, that's sometimes why sometimes when I warn you guys, you know, sometimes the logic that I use is not always logical. You know what I mean? I'm, I, I, there's two sides of the coin that I live in. There's a logic that I, Hey, I know what's good quality. I know what's a good price to pay for stuff. You know, that's just being in the industry for a little while. You, you start figuring out things just like any industry industry. And then there's just emotional connections that I have to stuff. So yeah, absolutely. Um, without a doubt. Yeah, of course. Um, so like I said, my guitars, uh, you know, I like my, I like guitars. Uh, I, you know, I was just, I, I play that Dane Electro for 400 bucks all the time. I love that. In fact, I love that $400 Dane Electro as much as any guitars in that rack. That's why it's in the rack. So uh, that's the rechange in the room. Everybody's like, hey, it changed the room. We've talked about this a couple times. Everything in the room now that you see, it's the opposite it was before. If you guys heard me before, you heard me say, because you're, if you've been watching the live show, you heard me say, uh, if it's in this room, the old room, I don't play it. I play in the other room. Well, I've decided to change things. So now if it's in the room, this is what I play. I play the Princeton. Obviously, I was playing. It was down there below, but now it's up there. That's because I was playing the Houston Kintner. Uh, I'm playing the Tremonti amp right now. <laughs> I play in the Supro. These are the guitars in the rack I play. These are the guitars on the wall I'm playing right now. This is the stuff I'm playing. So, uh, so now in the room, instead of being the stuff that, like I had all the pedals, but the pedals, I wasn't playing them. That's why they're on shelves. They were there for demonstration purposes. Now I can tell you if it's in the room at that moment, it's because this is where I'm playing now. I'm trying to enjoy this room instead of it be this backdrop for YouTube. I, I just, you know what? I just don't want it. I don't want it to be that anymore. This is where I'm playing. The mood lighting is for me. I like the blue lights. It just, it's, I come in here. I calm. It's relaxing. I needed this to be a joy for me again. You know, I, I like making videos. I love interacting with the community. I love building this community that we're building. Obviously you can tell um, that's something I have a passion for, but also more importantly, if I don't enjoy this stuff, I'm going to quit. <laughs> so um that's just how this that's just the reality and i didn't want to get to a point where that happened i didn't want to be that person that said hey guys thanks for the you know it was fun but i'm done um drb says or D, oh yeah drb hey phil how do you how did you like the marshall 2061 x i watched your video but didn't hear a lot uh of the marshall tone i, I like the marshall 2061 i actually own two i sold it and then i bought it again another one and then i sold it again the 2061 is a great amp it's just for me it, here's what i figured out for me and, and you're saying the 2161 x hold on a second this is where it gets a little tricky for me <laughs> hold on one second guys we'll go into extra innings because of this because sometimes the 2061 x okay is the amp because i have the cabinet too so the 2061 cabinet so the 2161 x so you guys know is a 20 watt marshall head uh and i've had it i've done videos of it i loved it here's what i decided for me and i think a friend of mine put it in perspective it it versus the Marshall class five, it blows the class five way. It's a legitimate Marshall amp. It sounds fantastic, but it turned down quiet. You can't tell the difference. So I use the Marshall class five. I have it in the corner when I want that quiet little Marshall -y thing. A lot of people don't like the class five. A lot of people do, you know, it's what it is, but that's what it is for me. Uh, it's an expensive amp. And then I end up selling it and I can tell you why I sold it. I sold it and bought a Friedman. I haven't looked back since. Uh, I love Marshall. 
I've always loved Marshall. I have a bunch of Marshall cabinets. Uh, I, I'll never not be a Marshall fan, but to be honest with you, I wish Marshall would have uh, been Friedman. I wish I wish Marshall would do what Friedman does. I think Friedman is a better Marshall for the market today. And when I mean that, I don't mean they sound better than Marshalls. Maybe they do. I don't know. But marketing wise, I like having like the PT20 and the RT, the Runt20 uh, amps that are something that I can use. You know what I mean? Getting a JCM 800 sound in the bedroom without literally tearing the the the, the paint off the walls is a nice thing to do. Um, you know, I, I was just telling a friend the other day, I'm thinking about getting a JBM again, 205, because I've given up. I thought all these years, you think Marshall would have made a 25 watt JBM, but they're not. I don't know. If they do it now, it's five years too late. Um, Alti H. Hey, uh, don't know if you answered this, but what's your opinion on active pickups, EMGs in particular? Um, I am not a huge active pickups uh, user. And what I mean by that is they're fine. They sound great. There's, there's nothing wrong with active pickups. There are a thousand things right with the way they sound. And in, in other words, they sound, they don't make noise. They are very controlled. They have a very polished sound, especially for metal. They do really good and jazz really good as well. I have EMGs in my Schecter guitar and I constantly think about putting another set of EMGs in another guitar, but ultimately where I come to play or come to every time is they're just not the sound that I'm going after. So I like EMGs. I just don't love them. Uh, and by that meaning I like them. I like the quality. I like the way they sound, but it's not the sound I'm going after. So that's why I don't use them, but love them. Um, I wish I would have put a set of the, uh, like the Kirk Hammett's in one of my strats. <sighs> I've done so many crazy things in my strats, but I don't know why I never did that. There's so many, so many customers and I don't know, probably should do it. So plus there's something mental with EMGs. Like, you know, I don't know. It's like they sound fantastic. I don't know why I don't love them more than I do. Uh, Reggie Wooten says, what do you think of the new JP uh, of your new music man, JP? Uh, thanks for the tip on the contact cleaner that fixed my JP 1000. Awesome. Great. Uh, yeah, contact cleaner is like everything. My JP, so uh, it's not in the room. <laughs> it's missing. And uh, if you guys recall last week, I bought a used uh, Music Man JP6. Um, it's the reason it's not here. It's in my shop. I'm going, I'm putting new pickups in it. So I'm hopefully going to show you guys the new guitar with the new pickups. So um, so what do I think of it? Uh, you know, I thought, here's the funny part. I thought I didn't like it. I thought I was actually falling out of love with it really quickly within the first week. And then the other night, it just kind of playing it going, man, no, no, I think I like this. But really, I need to put those new pickups in it because that's part of the, you know, that's the reason I bought it. Okay, and then I'm going to do some more questions, but I just want to make, uh, okay, we talked about the shirt event. We talked about chatter. We talked about um, the stickers Then thinking you guys. Oh, you know what? We're good on announcements. Uh, just a reminder, cause, uh, my wife always asked me to remind you guys the shirt of the month is the offset guys, uh, which is the, um, jazz master Jaguar shirts. So style shirts. So I'm just letting you know, just because it, we, as you guys know, we only do those shirts for one month. And the whole idea behind that is if you're going to get a shirt, you might as well have a shirt that's more personal to you and also more unique. So something to, to just to mention and, uh, Okay. Uh, Dr. Noberson says, Bruce Eggnator says, Dave Freeman all stole his ideas from when they worked together in Detroit. Uh, 
I don't know. It's pro possible. So, uh, you know, to me, though, the only problem is Dave Friedman's amps. Uh, Dave Friedman is definitely a guy, so you know, that I hear horrible and good stuff about all the time. I think that's real common. What I mean by that is people are like, I can't believe people like his amps. His amps are just marshals. I, I, I get all that stuff, too. I, but here's the funny part. I, I am a fan of Ignator amps and Friedman amps, for sure. And I think they're a lot different sounding. Now, I know Ignator Bruce is doing those classes now where he's doing the... Uh, the hand-wired kind of more Marshall-esque amps. Um, I'm hoping to do something with him, interact with him. He reached out to me, but I haven't heard back from about doing some kind of maybe interaction uh, about that. I would love to maybe build one of those amps or review one of those amps for you guys and talk about that class. I love the idea of these uh, classes. I'm going to uh, tell you guys, uh, Ignator, you can go to his class like 1500 bucks and learn to build an amp and keep the amp. And that stuff to me is worth its weight in gold to get, you know, to learn how to do something, to have an experience. It's great. It's like a vacation and getting an amp. It's like two things in one. Uh, so, um, so that's curious. Uh, you know what? I'm sure I'll be talking to uh, Bruce sometime soon. And uh, maybe I'll, that's something I'll ask him about. Um, I don't know. I kind of got the impression they're friends, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Cause I know they both work with boutique amp distribution, which is the same company. So I know they're inter integrated that way. Who knows? I thought they kind of worked together. But that would explain it if Bruce has a, he's, I don't know if he stole his ideas, but he, I know they work together, but who knows? Um, what else do we got? Okay, so Pyr Pyrocent Music says, hi again, Phil, it's spelled Pyrocent. Yeah, one word. It's my band name. Oh, okay, I got you. Could you explain two biasing and how much I should pay a tech to do it? Oh, man, that's a tough that's a tough question. Uh, I don't know how much, I don't know what the going rate for two biasing is. That I can't answer. Um, my problem is I have a couple friends that are amp builders that bias my amps for free. So the last couple of issues I've had with amps, I have somebody that I'm out of touch that I can't speak to because I have somebody that will do it for me. Um, you know what I mean? Because I usually do stuff for other people and then they don't mind, you know, hey, I'll do that for you because you've done this for me kind of thing because we barter. So uh, but I will find out, I'll find out what they charge. Maybe that's an interesting thing. Um, what else? So th that's something we'll, we'll look into. Maybe I, I would rather, instead of doing a video about that, I would rather find one of those, maybe Bruce Eggnator. Maybe he will want to come on the show and talk about it. That'd be cool. If you guys think that's cool, put that in the comments. I'm sure Bruce will do it too. I, I, I don't know. Maybe he would, maybe I can reach out to him and get him to do that. That'd be great. I'd love to have him on the show. He could talk about his class and he could talk about biasing amps and, you know, we could get stuff like that. I would rather pull on people onto the show that are more expert in those areas than I am. So amps are, amps are a funny thing. They kill people. So I don't like to talk about anything that I'm not heavily versed in that I know can hurt, cause you irreparable damage. I don't want to be like, yeah, stick your finger in there. You'll be fine. So I'm laughing, but it, you know, it's not a laughing matter. Okay. Um, there was another question. It says, uh, Andrew says, got some deoxid this week on your recommendation. Yeah. You'll love this stuff, man. Deoxid is, um, I think it's funny. It's like s some people look at it like, well, how do you not know about deoxid? Everybody uses it. But I remember the first time, you know, you know, decades ago when somebody's like, yo, use this. And I was like, oh, it's great. It's like the first time you realize like, oh, you don't have to take that in for service. You can just clean it out. So deoxid is is awesome. Hose of Technologies here too. They'll probably attest to that too. Deoxid is. So I go through cans of the stuff. 
I have cans of it here. Think about this. <laughs> I have cans of deoxid. Like, <laughs> yes, you tend to have to clean stuff. That's for sure. Okay. Uh, what else do we got going on? Uh, Roll 69 Rocket says, can you do a telly shirt? We did it. It was a couple months ago. But so you know, uh, I have no idea what's going on. I haven't looked at the shirt campaigns in a while, but I got the impression there's a bunch of shirts on there now that are like that. So I don't know. Uh, I should probably look, but I don't, I don't know. Zilla says, any update on ordering the Kiesel? You know, I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, tell me what you guys think about this. I don't want to stir up controversy, but, you know, Kiesel, I watched Jeff Kiesel the other day. He did a live show, and he was saying that basically Kiesel's so backed up, they can't even get to the orders, and they're, they're, they don't, they're, they're like making 800 guitars, and they, he, I, I watched the whole thing, and he's like, oh, we're, we're killing. We, we don't even, can't even handle the workload we have, and he basically said because of that, they've had to make some decisions, and one of the decisions they made was that they are not going to, they're, they don't, instead of shipping the guitars that are first ordered, they're going to ship the guitars that have been paid for in full. So if you put a deposit on a guitar and your guitar, like let's say two, three months ago, and you're waiting for a guitar to be done, but somebody bought a guitar like a month ago, and they, but they paid for it up front, they're going to ship the paid for up front first. I kind of, I don't want to quote him exactly on that. He might be just saying that if you bought around the same time and you paid in full years as first. But either way, he said, guitars that are already paid for will just get shipped out and guitars that have deposit uh, will get pushed back a little bit. Um, and that pushed me off a little bit. So you know, because I had no intention of paying them until the guitar was done. Um, one thing I don't like to do when ordering custom guitars is, I let's say the guitar is $1,500 and I have to put you know $300 down on it. I have no problem with that. And I have no problem pre-authorizing them to use the card. In other words, they can run my card the second it's done. But, uh, you know, I've had a couple experiences now in my life where I've prepaid for guitars and it didn't work out so great for me. So, um, and I'm, and I don't mean that any singularly. I've had it multiple times now. Seem to, you know what? I don't even want to go with guitars. I, I've had that experience with everything. It's like I, I prepaid people to work on my house and it's been a disaster. It's like, I, I'm in the business in my mind now of, you get paid when I get my service. <laughs> so with the Kiesel thing, that kind of pushed me off. I'm not upset about it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it kind of made me like, well, maybe they'll slow down a little bit or catch up. Either they got to hire more people and catch up to their workload or they got to let the workload subside a little bit. So um, when that happens, uh, that's what made me a little appreh apprehensive because I kind of got the feeling if I order one, it's going to be months and months anyways. So we'll see. C tell me what you guys think about that. Because like I said, that was kind of a weird thing. You can watch it. I'll link the, the live show when I do the index, uh, his live show. Um, because it was it was a little odd. I don't know how to explain how I felt about it emotionally. It was really like, I understand they're doing great. And I understand they're doing well. And I'm, I'm happy for them, obviously. But it was kind of weird. So if that makes any sense. Um, to me, I guess I think of like all customers the same. So I thought that was kind of a weird, the hierarchy that he was associated. But I understand also, you know, in business, you got to do, you got to do what makes the money. I don't know. Like I said, curious to see your guys' thoughts. Uh, definitely feedback on that would be great. Uh, hi, HK says, hey, do you not like the Marshall Origin series at all? Uh, I, I will be uh, trying them out tomorrow. No, you know what? I've never tried an Origin series. I don't know anything about them. I tried the new DSLs. I bought one. As you guys know, I didn't really enjoy that. There are no Marshall dealers where I live at all. Uh, for some reason, Guitar Center is listed as a Marshall dealer, even though I have five Guitar Centers uh, in, in my area. Uh, there is no Marshalls to be found that I've seen. I want to try an Origin I'd like to buy one. 
if it's good. Um, but I'm not ordering on one online. You know, it's kind of like I already tried one. I already did that. And I've, here's the problem. I already like the Friedman amps. I bought my Friedman amps. Um, if I buy the Origin and I like it, let, let me give you an example. If I buy the 20 watt Origin light amp and I like it, I'm going to sell my Friedman because I'm, I'm not going to have two of the style of amps the same. I don't have the room or like I said, the financial to like stack this stuff up. I just can't have everything. Uh, you know, there's just, that's the reality of money and space. Um, but uh, I just want to try one first. That's all. So I would have, I would have, I definitely would have ordered one if I ordered one. I regret it. So you guys, you know, I regret everything in my body. I, I wish I wouldn't have ordered a DSL first. I wish I would have or ordered them origin, but after ordering the DSL and not enjoying it, it doesn't make me really want to try it. So I would love to hear your thoughts on it though. HK, let me know what you think, but that will help me. So, uh, Jeff says, I think Jeff Kiesel, hold on a second. I think Jeff Kiesel was frustrated with having a room full of finished guitars that they could not collect the balance on. Yeah. Uh, that's why it's a great point, Jeff. That is, a, uh, uh, that is a very great point. Um, and I could, could see where he, he seemed a little, yeah, I would say that's the point too. Um, maybe that's what it is, you know? Well, that's why I don't understand. I, I, to me, maybe I don't understand how it works. To me, it, it should be simple. You want to buy a guitar like a Kiesel, it should be you give them your credit card and they zap your card uh, for 20% of it. And then when the guitar is done, they zap your card. They, you know what I mean? You pre-authorize it. And then if it declines, well, then they call you and say, hey, man, your guitar is, you know, your money's not ready. And that's on you. You know what I mean? But because uh, I don't know why you'd want a business model where you take 20% down, then you build somebody a custom guitar that nobody else is going to want but you and then call you and get authorization. But maybe that's the way they did it. I don't know. I, again, I've never ordered the Kiesel or Carvin, so I don't know how they do it. Uh, and then, hold on a second. Uh, jumped. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Some of you guys got some good points here. Uh, Dan says, even if Kiesel put on 50 new guys, they will need time to settle in and make good product. Oh, yeah, of course. If you want one, buy secondhand or wait uh, six to 12 months. Yeah, I think that's what's going to have to happen. Yeah, that's what kind of was my realization with that was it's either going to be a long process or I'm going to buy used. Um, so in other words, I, I guess this is my whole my whole thought on this was if I'm going to wait almost a year for a guitar kind of thing, six to 12 months for a guitar. Sometimes when I go, Oh yeah, I'll do that today. That's what's happening a couple of times. Now I go, I'm going to call Kiesel and film it and just not, you know, call one of the reps and order a guitar. And then I go, well, I don't really have time today to do that, but I'll, I'll knock it out. And I go, well, even if I do it, it's going to be, I mean, half a year to, to a year before I get the guitar. Ah, what's another week waiting. <laughs> so you push it back a little bit. So, uh, let's see. Uh, Dr. Noberson said Freeman is a Marshall clone and not a very good one. I think Freeman's better than Marshall in a lot of ways that I own some Marshalls and Freedman's. Um, the Freedman's are they're they're It's depends. It's tough. Like, you know what I mean? To me, when I think Marshall, it depends on the Marshall you love, right? Like I like a Plexi a lot. Plexi is one of my favorite amps. Somebody asked me what's my favorite amp ever in history. It's probably the Plexi. Um, but I mean, I can't play a 100 watt Plexi in the bedroom. It's just nuts. Uh, I used to, so you know, uh, the family didn't enjoy that. <laughs> that 
that was years ago because even turned down the thing you know what i mean you know and i put it on attenuator and just whatever but anyways uh a plexi is great i don't really see freeman as a plexi style marshall to me freeman is like the jc made hundreds they're like the more the more jason 900s and 2000s where they're a little more higher gain marshals um a little smoother a little less fizz there's some great things about them it's just like fender i like fender amps like i like fender amps and then i like some of the aftermarket amps it's like i i, I if you like one thing doesn't mean you don't like another i can like multiple things so yeah like dennis saying buy the jvm 205 yeah i didn't think about it so, you know, okay. On that note, I think we're going to, we're going to button this up. There's like a ton of us on here hanging out, but hold on. Let's do a couple things. Let me refresh this. And, uh, and I want to reiterate one more time, just because I just want to let everybody know, remind you if you're local, and you're in the Phoenix area, you want to come say hi and get your guitar restrung and, and get an inspection done and all that stuff. Just like you kind of see me do on a Sharpa Max, I'll fill out a sheet, give you a sheet to, to check out. Uh, and um, so I just want to remind you that that's next Saturday. And uh, I, I look forward to seeing you guys, the, the ones that get to, to come come out. Uh, AJ said, whatever happened to Splon? Splons are great. So... But see, here's the problem again. The the the, the thing with Splon to me is uh, like Wizard amps are fantastic too. You ever play one of those? Those are there are great amps that are um, like Marshalls that are great. Um, but I can't play. You know, actually, you know what? I'll talk about this. Uh, Sammy Ash uh, has a JCM hundred. He said it was one of his favorite amps. But he's like, you can't play it at home. You can't play it like in the bedroom in the afternoon. You know, without you know pissing off everybody in the house so i mean i know not every amps about being a practice amp but for me it is almost at this point because the majority of amps i need uh i need to be practice amps and when i do jam with friends i want the amps to be portable you know what i mean i'm not bringing no marshall half stack to go jam with some friends i'm not taking 40 minutes to load in gear so i can play four songs and then leave <laughs> it's just it's not practical for me so again everybody's got a different situation that's got to they got to figure out what's um yeah. And then Dan says, Feedman are widely respected by pro players, including Phil X, high-level producers. Of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. There, uh, everything's got its place. There's definitely nothing wrong with Friedman amps. They're they're up there. Just like I, There's a ton of amps. Like I said, just because you like one amp doesn't mean, you know, just like I said, because I have a Friedman doesn't like a, Mar like a Marshall. I want Marshall to make more amps like the, the PT and the Runt, more high-end smaller amps. So maybe the origin is that, like I said, wouldn't it be funny if the origin is everything I've been wanting and complaining about, like I said, maybe I should try it. I don't know. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get to try it. All right. Let's see what else. Okay. Nick says, Phil, I have a Squire HSS, humbucker single, single, and a Mustang one amp and I can make it. And I can make my Squire sound however I want. So why should anyone buy expensive? Because um, here's what I'm going to argue with that. Uh, here's, here's the thing. The argument with that is you're absolutely right. You could take um, 
like for me, I use a rolling cube a lot. I have a rolling cube and I could plug my strat into a rolling cube, my Mexican strat. I, I have a black Mexican standard strat I use all the time. Plug in my rolling cube and I play it for hours. I've done it. I do it. I'm fine. I'm happy with it. But so you understand, the, everybody's going to have a different opinion about this. But to me, like playing, I know the, the Princeton behind me, those are expensive over here. The Princeton's a thousand bucks, thousand dollar Princeton. And let's take, um, I don't know, pick a guitar behind me. Take that SG. That's a thousand dollars at least, right? $1,500. That's, that's a lot of money in guitars. I plug it in and I would never tell anybody, but if you took an Epiphone and plug it into a Mustang, man, that's horrible. It's not about horrible versus good. It's not good versus bad. It's better, 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 better. It gets better as you go. And if you can't hear that it's better, well, that's fine. That's nothing wrong with that either. The uh, the problem is, is uh, somebody was talking to me the other day. We were just talking about this. Uh, somebody was saying, you know, because I like Mesa's a little bit and Mesa Boogies and I have a Mark Mark, Mark 5 Mini. And somebody was like, they were talking about Petrucci and Tremonti and all these people like Mesa Boogies. And I go, well, I have a Mesa Boogie because I like Bowling for Soup. And I like the band, that band, and they use Mesa's. So you got to figure out what works for you. The problem is, is that... Um, the problem is, is that it's exactly that it's got to work for you. And then it's just different. RNA music. Hey buddy, what's up, Ryan? He says, uh, we just need one of every amp out there. Well, if you need one of every amp, that's what Axe effects and Kempers are for. <laughs> so, uh, that's, that's definitely the thing. See me, I, I go through, uh, I go through, uh, like I don't play every amp cause I'm going and trying different amps and, and, and trying different tones. I go through phases like I'll, for, for weeks or months, I'll play like a Fender amp and, and I'm playing just clean. And then all of a sudden I want to play some rock. So I'll play another amp for rock. I mean, this is how, you know, you jump around and you try stuff. So Brian says the MT 15 is going to put Marshall small amps out of business. I, yeah, I don't agree, Brian. Uh, the MT 15 is uh, funny. The conversation we had today is going to be a wake up call to the Mesa guys that they might have to look at it some stuff because it's definitely a, the 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 Tremonti amp the MT15 behind me is definitely in the Mesa Boogie vein uh, of amps and it's extremely well built and extremely inexpensive. So, um, yeah, that's going to be tough. Uh, XDA something knocks <laughs> says will the restring tour hit uh nyc or long island new york i don't know uh what's happening is we're doing this one next week on the 28th and here's what i can tell you this is the 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 trick uh with the the restring event this is something that i decided i want to do i concocted this i said hey you know it'd be fun wouldn't it be cool if i uh was in different areas and i said hey anybody that likes the channel we can meet up and i'll restring your guitar and and, and give you a thank you back for uh, what you guys have given me and um and, uh, you know, cause I, 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 that's just what it is. I just want to thank you guys. You know, sometimes, you know, it's, 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 uh, I enjoy doing the YouTube channel. Don't get me wrong, but let's be honest. There is, there is a huge, there is a huge community of players out there. There are thousands and tens of thousands of know your gear t-shirts out there. That's a lot of people who have supported this channel. That is insane. Okay. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, there's over, there's like a quarter million dollars of gross sales t-shirts out there. 
that's that's a nuts number. Now, I wish I could say I get to keep all that, but that's not the point. The point is that's a huge amount of support. You guys are amazing. So I'm like, okay, how do I how do I thank you guys for this? Because this is crazy to me. This is 35 million views or 34 million views on the channel and 160,000 subscribers. Uh, you know, and given the fact that three years ago, I didn't even really know what YouTube was for the most part. Uh, it's a different reality for me. It's not like I aspired to have a channel where I hung out and talked with everybody about guitar all day. It just happened. I, I started talking about guitar and everybody started coming. And we were all hanging out guitar. So, so this experience, I was like, how do I do this? How do I, how do I interact with you guys? How do I thank everybody for having this community and, and being with me and hanging out? And that's where the restring event came out. What happened was, uh, is that, um, Matt's music in Virginia was the first uh, store, actually the only store that reached out to me and said, Hey, we'd love to do that. And, um, and then I was, uh, before I decided to travel across the country and try to get some other stores to do this, I reached out to Sam Ash and Sammy Ash, of course, has been awesome to the channel since the get go and said, Hey, you, you have a store local. Can I do one of these there and see what happens? I don't know what's going to happen. What happens if four people show up and, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to pay to fly across the country and do all this and no one's going to come. I don't, I don't know. Is there a way we can figure this out? And they've been very supportive about helping this. So to answer your questions, if you're if you're curious to see if I'm going to come to your local area and we'll do this event because that's what I'd like to do, just pay attention to what happens next Saturday. If it goes well, I have a feeling this is going to continue to go on for a while. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, I, this is a lot of work for me, but because I'm going to be working 10 hour days each door to accommodate this, you know, right to get all this done. But uh, but that's not the hard part. The hard part is to get stores to help do this. And um, and uh, and I know part of the problem is they don't know. You know, if you're a store, how can you help do this? Another thing I should point out too, maybe I should maybe kind of sweeten the pot a little bit. You know, Sam Ash, when I told him, I said, I want to do this event and, um, and, uh, th they got Daddario to sponsor it and pay for the strings. Um, Sam Ash is also giving anybody who comes to the event 20% off any accessories effects. And I think they're giving away some shirts and there's going to be some promotional stuff also from Daddario. So like, it's, it's like, a, it should be fun. Like I said, if you guys come out, like we're going to have, like I said, free stuff discounted stuff. I mean, 20, we all know 20% is a real discount. There's no like rules, you know, it's just accessories and effects. So if you're thinking about getting a pedal or some, some strings or some other stuff, I mean, you're getting a decent discount. So, so that's to answer that question. And then, uh, we'll do, since we're going way over, we'll do, uh, let's do, let's find one last question. Good question to answer before we go. Uh, so, this is not the question. <laughs> this is just a, a, a uh, this is, a, are you going to Zim's Guitars? Uh, if you guys know Zim's Guitars in Mesa is uh, Dane Zim. He owns a, a small little guitar shop that use, does use gear. Uh, as you guys know, I pop in there from time to time because, uh, you know, he used to be a customized store and he's in one of the Sharp Max videos. Great guy, great store. And um, yes, my, my, I would love to do a restring event. I talked to him about this, um, but I wanted to do, you know, the, um, the Sam Ash one so I can figure out how this works. And if Sam Ash likes it, they're going to help me kind of do this. So that's another thing that's going to help, which is nice. So there you go. Uh, okay. This question has nothing to do with gear, but I love this question because you guys could help me answer it too. Robert Rodriguez says, Hey, Philip, do you think the eighties glam hair metal will have a comeback? Because I think music today is total bull. You know, uh, Robert, uh, 
I don't know the answer. So I'd love to hear your guys' response. So right now, I'm sure if you guys will do a response when we repost this, uh, what you guys think about that. Um, you know, it's funny about today. This is what I think about music today, if that helps. Uh, for me, again, this is what I like. I think there's a lot of great music today. It's amazing. Uh, every time I turn around, there's great music. Um, but I think it's good. the good and bad is not... You could argue that the music's not as good as it used to be. That's a good argument. But one of the things... And I'm not saying that's a, not, a, not a valid complaint. I think there's some va validity to that. Um, part of the problem is that everybody can readily get their music out there so you're gonna have to sift through more stuff you know just like we used to sift through records right and you know the, the, and cds and tapes you go to the music store and remember this you know just going through and reading band after band after band that's how you used to sift through stuff you have to sift through stuff now by clicking you know through your internet um so there's you, there's a little sifting to get to the good music but what i will say is that there's so much good music now too sometimes it's hard to identify that it's really unique and good because it's it's really common to find great players now and great music um and on that vein what i would suggest to you robert is, is instead of saying hey there's no good music or will it come back what i will tell you is this is um one of the things i think hurts us as guitar players uh and musicians is a, a good friend of mine uh larry said this amazing thing he said if you only listen to music in your genre you're never going to advance the genre you're never going to be a player bigger than than just playing in that genre. And one thing I've noticed that uh, that stinks about Spotify and and uh, and uh, what's the other, Pandora and all those, is you put in bands you like and it finds stuff that's just like that. Sometimes you gotta figure out how to get recommendations outside of that vein of music. How do you get your brain, uh, you know, how do you get to hear stuff outside of, of what you're doing um, and what you already like? And then that way you get exposed to it. You know what I mean? So there's there's a lot of great stuff out there. Um, even in hair metal, you know what I mean? There's a lot of new good stuff. So there you go. I, if that helps at all, I don't know. Who knows? All right, guys. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out. There was almost 900 of us. That was a lot of people. Got a lot of good questions, as always. Um, uh, some suggestions already I see in the comments for great music to check out. So please, guys, repost that. I'm going to do the index later and we'll repost all that stuff as well. And I hope to see you guys at the Restring event. I want to thank everybody who, who supports the channel in every way you do. Like I said, there's so much uh, support out there. It's uh, it's always awesome. And uh, I have some videos coming uh, that, that I think you'll enjoy. And, uh, and last little thing, if you didn't see the Restring uh taco box video check that video out because that explains more about this whole event and what we're up to and why i'm doing all this stuff and uh as always guys i want to thank you so much for hanging out with me and until next uh friday uh i say know your gear